Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and... Me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. Now, I have to say, this is a very loose connection to uh, the week we're in at the moment. So, yes, there's always some sort of theme or anniversary for why we're talking about the particular album. <laughs> I'm laughing for I'm even saying what this week's is. So, today is Bonfire Night. It's November the 5th. And this album features a song called Firework. And that's why we find ourselves here. Uh, yes, yeah, so well done for that. But you can already hear things going off in the background. A few uh, sparklers there. I love the Catherine wheel. What's your, uh, your favourite firework? Uh, a Roman candle. Oh. And uh, so, loose connections aside, this is a brilliant pop album to be talking about, actually. Um, so I'm glad we've managed to connect the dots to make it happen for today. So we are going to be talking about Teenage Dream. Not Teenage Dream, the complete confection, but the standard Teenage Dream album from Katy Perry. And this was Katy Perry's sophomore album. No, it wasn't. It was. Well, yes, because there was the sort of almost unofficial first album, wasn't there? So it's not um, her second album, it's actually her third album. But for me, and maybe for you, Dan, it's probably her second album proper. Yeah. There was uh, Katie Hudson way back in 2001, so seven years before what we uh, sort of uh, believed to be her debut. But for me, yeah, and I'm sure for a lot of casual Katy Perry fans, this was album number two. So Katy Perry... Born Catherine Elizabeth Hudson, uh, American singer, songwriter, and now judge on TV. What show? MasterChef. (laughs) No, I joke. I'm sure it's something like The Voice or uh, American Idol. American Idol, yes. American Idol. And she, an actress as well. Did you say actress? No. Yeah, she played Smurfette in The Smurfs. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, but she really started off uh, from a more religious background and upbringing and was a gospel singer as a teenager. But it's only really uh, since she came onto the pop scene that she made a name for herself and became famous. Um, and she's still with us now. She hasn't died. She's not dead. <laughs> she's, not dead. Uh, she's still recording music. Um, and we'll come on to talk more about some of that stuff later. But for today, we want to talk about Teenage Dream. So yeah, Will, would you count yourself as a Katy Perry super fan, a casual fan? I would say casual fan. There are several of her songs that I love. There are a lot of her songs that I like. And there are just as many songs that I'm probably quite indifferent about. And do you tend to go for her albums or is it general, generally the singles? Just, as, just the singles. And I think maybe it's a bit too early in the day to say this, but I think if I had to think of my favourite Katy Perry song, mm. I think it'd be Hot and Cold. It, we were just talking about this before recording, weren't we? Mm. Um, and how it was a really strange decision because she didn't play it live at Glastonbury when we saw her there a few years ago, two or three years ago now. And what a strange decision because it was such a big hit in the UK. It's so it's still one of her biggest songs. It's in it's such it's so catchy. Yeah. It's so fun, and it's such a brilliant pop song as well. That I'm just I just you you're still open mouthed that it didn't get included yeah. in there. And Maybe if we're lucky. Hey, 
fantastic energy oh, to that yeah. song. And I know we might well want to talk about other Katy Perry albums, but I just thought, just want to hear the song. Yeah. Just want to hear it. So Absolutely. even pre-Side One Track One, um, let's get that out there. Dan, what would you say is your favourite Katy Perry song? Well, wow, this is a brand new way to start the podcast, but I like change. That's not a song by Katy Perry, by the way. My favourite song, it's quite difficult to pick, and there are some that I absolutely love on this album. I do quite like it when she goes for a bit more of a sort of R&B sound, and there's a song on this album that I love, but also there's a similar kind of, a song from the next album that had a lot of hints of uh, this song. It was called Dark Horse. Do you remember that one? Yes, and there was there's some controversy over where how that song originated that was in the courts recently as well, which I believe Katy Perry lost the case um, that it did originate elsewhere. But we're here to celebrate. Yes, this is uh, a celebration. Teenage Dream by Katy Perry today, so we don't get bogged down in legalities. Um, we should get stuck in. So side one, track one of Teenage Dream is the title track, Teenage Dream. Teenage Dream there, uh, what a way to kick off this uh, album and podcast. Oh, actually, no, because we did the pre, pre-track. pre Yeah, although we played a bit of yours, but not a bit of mine, which is uh, seems a bit rude. Seems a bit, it's almost like you edited this episode. Uh, no comments on that. <laughs> uh, this is uh, a great pop song. It's a fantastic pop song. In fact, as long-term listeners know, we play the whole song, we write our notes down, we've already done our research, but for this song, all I could, you know, the the main thing I could really come out with is it's just a really solid pop song. Solid was kind of the word that stuck with me. And it won't surprise you to hear that Max Martin was involved. The legendary Max Martin. Do we even need to name some of his songs? No. But I will just say, Britney's Baby one more time. Back to your boys, I want it that way. No Way, No Way by Vanilla. I don't think he did that one. And if we're lucky... We won't hear any of it. Also involved, we had Benny Blanco as well and Dr. Luke. Uh, and also Bonnie McGee, which... Uh, Bonnie McKee, I should say, sorry. Uh, who's also worked with Cher, Christina Aguilera and Kelly Clarkson. So, you know, putting Katie, as she should be, in that list of... Um, the big guns. Yes. The divas, in the good sense of the word. This was a big hit when it came out. And um, it was uh, the second single uh, to be released off this album back in way back in 2010. Goodness uh, me, almost a decade ago. And Will, do you remember any of your teenage dreams? Uh, I couldn't possibly talk about any of them uh, on a recorded situation. No, certainly not one that doesn't involve the police. And I love some of the guitar work. Solid guitar work through the chorus of this track. As yeah, well. it's, it's a really strong chorus. Really, it's what exactly what a pop chorus should be. It's so catchy that you could hear it a couple of times and sing all the words. It's so the production is so polished. I just think it's a fantastic, um, it's a fantastic pop song. I remember when it was featured on Glee. This was when Glee was at its um, peak because Glee was great for a very short space of time. 
I do remember this was there. They sang this a cappella. I can't remember who sang it specifically. I never actually watched Glee, so it's. Uh, I should probably go back and watch it. It'll probably seem very vintage now. And maybe one day we'll do a Glee album. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, it was actually featured on um, Volume 4 of Glee the Music, and it was the Warblers that sung this, which was the other school where um, one of the characters came from. It was the boy that fell in love with the other boy. Uh, let's move on now to track two, uh, which is uh, Last Friday Night, brackets TGIF. So that was last Friday night. And Dan, can you remember what you got up to last Friday night? Last Friday night. So that was Friday the 1st of November. I was probably recovering from that wonderful Halloween party that we threw. Yes, the track-by-track party. You were dressed up as... uh, As Michael Jackson from the Thriller video, which uh, some people found distasteful. And I was dressed up as Anne Widdicombe, which some people found distasteful. Well, I thought you was dressed up as Victoria Wood as Anne Widdicombe. (laughs) From that brilliant, uh, we'll save it until December, but that brilliant... um, Skit. Skit uh, that she did in there. Victoria Wood and all the trimmings. Yeah. Do you remember the song? Oh, of course, yeah. As they ring our bell, what will they smell? Coming through the open door. Anne Widdicombe, Anne Widdicombe. Well, much missed Victoria Wood, isn't she? Never thought we'd hear Victoria Wood as a piece of music on track by track, but here we are. And there it was. And Katy Perry's probably listening to this wondering who the hell she was. Uh, Well, she needs to have a word with herself and uh, get onto Netflix. But back to Katy and back to this song. Isn't it fantastic? Yes, and again, uh, written and produced with Max Martin and Dr. Luke on here. Uh, I have to say, great song, but do you remember the video? Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. What I really like about this video, and actually just Katy Perry's career, she can really laugh at herself. She can really almost take the piss out of herself, if you'll excuse my French. Um, She's not afraid to, to dress up to be outrageous, to um, she's not trying to be a pristine pop princess like mm. some of those others are. She is. Uh, she's all for the fun. Of course, that's probably why she married Russell Brand. Uh, Briefly, sadly, it didn't work out. I'm sure she won't mind us mentioning that. Uh, and Dan, can you name some of the faces that popped up in the video for this? Now, I think Rebecca Black of Friday Fame was in there. Uh, also, seems to think that Debbie Gibson was in there and Debbie Gibson sticks in my mind because many years ago I had a Filofax. Did you have a Filofax? No. Oh, bit bit after your time. And there was a section in there that said, who's your favourite male musician? Who's your favourite female musician? And my favourite female, female musician was Debbie Gibson because she was on the live recording of Grease that I had on cassette. Oh. Can you think of anyone else? Um, 
Were Hansen in there? Um, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, legendary uh, actor Corey Feldman. But I can't think of any more. Are there any more? A couple more. So you've got from Glee, uh, who were, they were quite hot property at the time, Kevin McHale, who you all know now from the Celebrity X Factor. Yes, and isn't he doing well? Uh, well, he had a singing background, so he would do, um, which had seemed to have glossed over. Yeah, or... Perhaps it was after competition. I can't quite remember. Uh, and Darren Chris also from Glee, who uh, was brilliant more recently in the assassination of Gianni Versace. Did you watch that show? No, it's on my list. Uh, it was like American Crime Story. It's on my long list. Brilliant. Fantastic actor in that. So this was the fifth single to be released off this album. A lovely line as well. One that reminds me of you, actually, where she talks about someone smelling like a minibar. Uh, but great sound. It's very. It's got a, a real funk in there with that guitar. It's very sort of uh, 70s or 80s influence, I think. Uh, uh, huge fan of this song. And Katie and Bonnie were also uh, involved as songwriting on this one as well. I think she plays a heavy hand in a lot of her material, doesn't she? Uh, and great, because uh, she's obviously got an ear for it. So, track three now? Yes, yeah, so track number three now, and this is California Girls. California girls there, <laughs> and it does sound like you saying it in your home accent. California girls. Mm. Think she's been to the West Country? I doubt it. Mm. This was the first single to be taken from this album. It features Snoop Dogg, of the course. Snoop Doggy Dizzle. Jizzle? No, probably not Jizzle. Just Snoop Dogg at this point. Mm. Uh, again, Bonnie, Luke, Martin were all involved in this one. Um, and it does, I think the sound of the album, it's very clear that the previous album had that kind of almost a bit of a rockier, uh, obviously very subtle and a very pop, in a very pop way, but uh, I Kissed a Girl and Hot and Cold um, and Thinking of You were veering towards the rockier side of things than some of the other pop princesses were doing, but this really has got a very polished funk pop uh, sound to it, uh, as the album has had so far. Number one in the UK, this one was. Brilliant. And number one in America and in a lot of other regions as well when it came out. Also, mm-hmm. um, do you remember Cascada? Yes, of course. So they uh, they were around at this, around a similar time. And they had a bit of a habit at the time of releasing music that sounded a bit like things that were popular. So they famously did. Do you remember Evacuate the Dance Floor? Yeah. <laughs> Sounded just like Just Dance by Lady Gaga. I never I never picked up on that until you just said that, yeah. So around this time, they released a track called uh, San Francisco. And Dan, I'm going to play you a little clip of it. And let me, tell, let me ask you what it reminds you of. Okay. Oh. 
So what do you think? Uh, that is absolutely <laughs> outrageous. I hope she was dragged through the courts for that. <laughs> well, Cascada wasn't a she, was it? But she was the front woman. Yeah, outrageous. If Katy Perry's getting dragged through the courts for um, for Dark Horse, then this Cascada girl's quite a Dark Horse herself. And they've got previous for that, but um, I thought it just was worth just hearing the comparison there. Mm. But yeah, a great, fun pop song. Obviously, Snoop Dogg featuring on that, as you said before. What's your favourite Snoop Dogg, either Snoop Dogg song or Snoop Dogg uh, featuring moment? It has to be You Should Know Better by Robin featuring Snoop Dogg. Oh. What about you? I think, I mean, he's had his fingers in so many pies, hasn't he? Mm. But I really liked Signs, which was his own song featuring uh, Justin Timberlake and Charlie Wilson. Lovely chorus on that. So, we're on to track four, and the reason why we are talking about Katy Perry today this is fireworks. Do you know what, that's one of my, f- Second to Hot and Cold is one of my favourite Katy Perry songs. It's, it's an anthem, isn't it? Anth- it's anthemic, and we both said, as that was playing, it reminds us of one TV programme. Listeners, we're going to give you five seconds. To say it out loud before we say it. Yes, it was MasterChef. No, the X Factor. Yes. Because they featured it very uh, very much. Uh, I think it was also sung in the auditions quite a bit as well. Another song that was sung on Glee as well. I can imagine. But the thing that strikes me still about this song is the video of this. Do you remember the video? Do you know what? I, I'm just imagining loads of fireworks going off on a green screen, but enlighten me. There were fireworks uh, in the video, but it was also... It was just very empowering... Uh, about people, minorities kind of rising um, up. Yes, I remember now, yes. People of different shapes, sizes, colours, same-sex couples. Yes, it's starting to come back to life. There's also a very amusing bit of the video where it looks like fireworks are exploding uh, from her breasts. And I think when I saw her... So I saw her uh, at Glastonbury with you, not together, but we were both there. Uh, but I did see her a year or so before... In Liverpool, and I think she wore a, a bra that shot out fireworks. Uh, okay. Did you wear that at Glastonbury actually as well? Catherine Wheel or? Uh, a, a, a Roman numeral, a candle. <laughs> um, this, uh, again, another big hit, got number three in the UK, number one in America. Uh, it's a huge pop song. And a different writing team to the previous tracks. So this was written with three stalwarts. Stalwarts? Stalwarts. Stalwarts. I always doubt myself, don't I? Uh, I should remember that I'm a firework. Uh, of the songwriting and producing industry. So, first of all, Stargate, who... Do you know... Obviously, you know Stargate, don't you? Yes. Do you know which song kicked off their career? No, go on. Estelle Party. Oh, and if we're lucky, we might... No, no, we don't. Probably not the time or the place. No, 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 no. But it's really interesting that they have become, obviously, huge... Uh, Huge artists working with people from, uh, well, Michael Jackson to Mariah Carey to Lionel Richie. But the fact that they started out with S Club 7 and also worked with 
huge acts, including uh, Mystique, Atomic Kitten, Javine, Shola Amma and Samantha Mumba. Oh, what a group of people there. I know. I mean, that, that is uh, smash hits in 1999, isn't it? If only we could get them all into a room and say, hello, girls. And boys. And boys. What's been happening? But as well as that, it's also Sandy V, who, uh, who co-produced Rihanna's Only Girl in the World. And also Esther Dean, who's worked with Rihanna again and Katy Perry, of course, uh, who went on to act in films including Pitch Perfect and Ice Age Continental Drift. <laughs> which I have to say, I do love all the Ice Age films. So track five now. And this is Peacock. Peacock there. And you were brave enough to let me see your peacock just then, which um, wasn't requested. Uh, but always, always offered. I am uh, <laughs> a big fan of a, a flamboyant bird. Um, so in this song, Peacock, she's talking about her penis, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, I think she It's is. not beat around the bush. Oh, is it? Not trimmed. <laughs> Very suggestive song. Um, but I love the beat uh, and the sort of chanting to it. It does really remind me of, and I don't want to preempt next week, because mm. we haven't mentioned who we're covering next week, but it really does remind me of Hollenbach Girl by Gwen Stefani. Yes, it has got that little bit more beat-heavy sound. Um, and I think that's quite heavy throughout it, but then just towards the end of the chorus, there's a kind of little synth pattern that just alludes, I think, a bit more towards California Girls and that more sort of shiny... Um, Max Martin sort of production. Well, and I would say it even leans further into some of the stuff that's to come on the on the subsequent album. Hmm. But this is the same writing team as before, as with Fireworks. So it's Stargate again and Esther Dean. But what a fun song! Is a really fun song. Very provocative. There was a bit of a backlash when it came out. Well, as well. I think she quite likes that. So, track six, Circle the Drain. Circle the Drain and it feels much much heavier, that song. It also feels very much like an album track. Mmm. Which? Isn't a bad thing. Isn't a bad thing. Isn't a bad thing. Uh, this is the, apparently to do with a drug addiction of, an, of a former partner. Mm. So it's meant to be intentionally more heavy. Yes. I do think it is very juxtaposed to the tracks that have come before on the album and maybe it's a shift too far for me well i think the critics thought similar actually from what i from from the research i did uh critics of the album and of live shows where this was performed weren't particularly complimentary about this one 
I quite like it. I quite like that the sort of this electric guitars are turned up on this one. It's a bit more bass driven. Uh, and once again, it's a different writing team. So it's Tricky Stewart. It's Tricky <laughs> Stewart. Um, who worked on Rihanna's Umbrella, Beyonce's Single Ladies, uh, Britney's Me Against Music. So some huge, more R&B tinged numbers. Britney, um, Me Against Music. Britney Madonna. Hey, Britney. <laughs> So you, you singing that reminds me of Jennifer Saunders. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking of that when I was singing it. Actually. Was you? Yeah. No, I believe you. I believe you. But yeah, I, I think certainly an album track. But I quite like the shift in in sound. I think it's a little bit, little bit hollow for me. Okay. Time to move on. Let's get back to Max Martin, shall we? Yep. So track number seven now is the one that got away. So a change of pace there for the one that got away, but what a lovely, beautiful song! It really is. It's yeah. It's certainly a, it's a ballad, but it's not a really slow down acoustic moment, is it? It's still got that lovely shiny pop production and a lovely beat on there as well. Now there's a bit of controversy attached when this single came out. Really? Uh, it was the sixth single from the album. Uh, Katie did re-release it, featuring Bob. Okay. Um, which isn't the first time she's re-released a song or released a song feature with a featured artist in order, I guess, to make it more successful as a single release. Mm. And there was some criticism for her doing that. And, you know, she's not the first person to do that, and I'm sure she won't be the last. But also, you have some boy bands that we used to release four or five different cop versions of a single, but each one had a different member of the band on lead vocals. Did you ever see that? No, I, I, I know McFly used to do that. Did they? Uh, amongst others. Do you know, I was thinking the other day, because obviously McFly have recently announced their comeback. They're not on our long list, but I'd quite like to put them on there. Ooh, I think we need to take this offline <laughs> and not discuss that on air, because I have some opinions. Well, maybe they are. Maybe they'll be the band that got away. But back to the one that got away. <laughs> what I really like about this, of course, it is, as mentioned before, with Max Martin and Dr. Luke, and we are quite reluctant, I think, to talk too much about Dr. Luke today. Um, bearing in mind... Not, not an individual we want to give much time to, so just let's not say anything more than that. But Max Martin, what an absolute legend and a yeah. genius. And of course, Anne Juliet, currently in the West End, which we are going to go and see, celebrating his just phenomenal back catalogue. He's got an incredible body of work, yes. Yeah, an incredible body as well. Oh, really? I don't know. But what I want to say about this song is, what I really like about it is, it sounds so simple, but I think so much effort from the team on this song, including Katy Perry, who's a co-writer, I think so much effort has gone into making it sound like a simple, beautiful, electronic ballad. And it hasn't gone unnoticed by me. Also references in there to Radiohead and to Johnny and June Cash. Uh, this got to number 18 in the UK singles chart. So sixth single in, obviously things starting to wane a little bit. Track number eight now. Uh, this is E.T. Oh, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, me with your love. 
E.T. there, I have to say, one of my favourite songs on the album. Yes, likewise. The energy of that song is just fantastic. I love how different it is. A bit hip-hop-y, a bit dancey. A bit hip-hop, a bit dubstep, a bit techno, but still a fantastic pop song. Absolutely. And just what we were talking about for the previous single, this song was released featuring Kanye West. Yeah. And I actually... Um, I. L- I like Kanye West as a musician, as a person, I'm not quite sure. I don't love all of his stuff, but I really like what he brings to this song. I think I do like the version with him as opposed to the version without him. This was uh, Katy Perry's fifth single and it got to number three in the UK charts and number one in America. And if I tell you that there is a, a cover of this song that really springs to mind that was quite iconic at the time, could you, would you know what I was talking about? No, I have enlightened me, please. Uh, so when they were on the X Factor, Little Mix did this as part of Halloween week. And it's seen as one of their real stand-up performances. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. But Will, uh, I've got to ask you, E.T., the film, are you a fan? It's a classic. Yeah. It's a Spielberg classic. And I hope to God no one ever thinks of remaking it. Oh, it'd be awful, wouldn't it? Too, too CGI, too... Yeah, absolutely not. The whole sp- You'd lose the whole spirit of that film. Yeah. This one uh, is with uh, Dr. Luke and Max Martin, but this one has the addition of Ammo working on this. And Ammo has worked with Jordan Sparks, Kesha, Britney Spears, Adam Lambert, Leonard Lewis. Uh, so a good body of work there from him. Track number nine now, and this is Who Am I Living For? Oh, Living for there, and what a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork on this album. And it's it's Katie. She's lying down on some pink fluffy clouds, uh, without any clothes on. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, and she's very happy about that. And you've got the words Katie Perry, teenage dream, in uh, pink and blue uh, icing. It looks like actually. And what's interesting about that actually is you're looking on. Uh, on a certain site I'm looking at a different site and there's no text on it whatsoever uh, and that's something we love isn't it yeah a bit of diversity oh what no text mm. yeah and I think it is quite iconic when I see that image of her in the almost candy floss cotton candy clouds in the nip uh, in the nuddy um, I know what that album is and good for her the song itself it's a very different sound isn't it quite forgettable for me yeah I think it's, I think it's the harshest sound almost but yeah it doesn't stick with me like a lot of the other songs do so let's not dwell on that let's move on track number 10 oh but he's scared of the light that's inside of her so he keeps her in the dark oh she used to be a pearl oh yeah she used to And that's a wonderful melancholic song, isn't it? 
Yeah, certainly it does feel like a, a, a shift in, uh, not tempo so much, but just theme. And you might have thought I would have chosen that to talk about the album artwork. You're, after. Not, you're not wrong. But no, I think it was better on what I'm living for because that, it's very sweet uh, and it's very catchy as well. Some of the more melancholic pangs through that. Hmm. For me, I'm not so much of a fan of this lyrically. Lyrically. Uh, and I said that with a little uh, less enthusiasm. Um, and just, I don't know, I think it might be a really, really, really personal thing. And the fact that when I was really young, like I'm talking about 10, 11 years old, and I had a keyboard, and I'd sometimes write my own little songs. And I did, I remember, I don't remember how it goes, sadly, but I did write a song where I rhymed uh, girl and pearl. Uh, and I remember looking back and thinking that was far too obvious in a rhyme. So maybe you should be launching a lawsuit against Katy Perry well, for this song? Maybe I should. Uh, but there's lots wrong with that song. Not only the fact that I was writing a song about a girl, but uh, the rhyme as well. <laughs> What's worse? (laughs) (laughs) This has uh, an additional songwriter which we haven't talked about yet. So Greg Wells, and he has done some incredible writing and production work. But most notably, probably uh, in recent years, The Greatest Showman soundtrack. He uh, played a big part in that. He's also worked with Adele and One Republic and Mika. The Holy Trinity. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So track 11 now and we're on to Hummingbird love the name Hummingbird Heartbeat for a song. It just make, feels, it's as out there as you'd expect from an artiste like Katy Perry. Does it make you think of the Hummingbird Bakery? Oh, lovely. Yeah, what's your favourite thing from there? Uh, the red velvet cupcake. Snap. Absolute heaven. Yeah. Oh. In fact, should we wrap, up, wrap things up and head down there? I think we should. So until next time. I've been. And I've been. Goodbye. No, let's, let's do the right thing. Let's get to the end of this. Wonderful album. <laughs> uh, this is a sort of soft rock track, isn't it, really? Which makes me think more of the first album and that kind of sound. Mm. Uh, also, just because of some of, the, some of the synth stabs in there, which is, of course, our friend Cynthia Sound's street name, uh, it's a bit, reminds me of an 80s power anthem and it doesn't sound like Van Halen's Jump, but something like that, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Um, also, did you know this was wrote, written by and inspired by her meeting her, her brief husband, Russell Brand? Really? Yes. Oh, I did not know that, no. Uh, big fan of Russell Brand. Do you like him? Mm, no. Did you, not, did you watch Ponderland? No. That was one of his really early works and it honestly is fantastic. I enjoyed him when he used to present Big Brothers, Big bit, Mouth bit the, was, or whatever it was called yeah. back on Channel 4. That was good and that's fun. where he rose to fame, wasn't it? It really was. It's incredible to think that within a year or so he went from that to Hollywood. This has an additional songwriter we haven't spoken about yet. So it's Stacey Bath. Uh, Stacey is also a performer in her own right, but she has written songs for Kelly Rowland, Cheryl Cole, Rihanna, uh, Katy Perry, of course, and Miley Cyrus. 
So on to the last track of the album. And this is not like the movies. If it's not like the not like the movies and uh, we definitely need to get Peter over here Peter come on over Peter here he comes it's Peter's out oh are you sure are you sure sorry Peter wait there a second are you sure it's Peter are you sure it's not a nice slow dance for the end of the the discotheque no I think it has Peter's out oh do come over then Peter take a seat uh and I mean it's nice enough isn't it uh but uh not for me. I would agree. It's by no means one of my favourite songs on the album. It would definitely be my bottom, I'd think, three. I just realised I've paused <laughs> at a really bad time there. <laughs> um, and this one is written once again with Greg Wells. So perhaps it might have been nice to end the album with something with Max Martin, just to kind of end it on a high. Mm. So just a word on how this album performed... Um, and that was kind of middling, really. So uh, it was like Billboard gave it four out of five. Entertainment Weekly gave it a B minus. Rolling Stone gave it three out of five. So I'd probably give it six and a half out of ten. Oh, on balance, not bad at all. It could could have been better. Could have been worse. So that's that's the album proper. Further listening? We've got some more fireworks in the box for you, ladies and gentlemen. Just a few more. Uh, we've saved the best ones to let off last. A couple of sparklers for you. So make sure you're not wearing your shell suits, please. Uh, so we said for further listening, tracks with Katie as a featured artist, because there's a possibility we're going to come back to talk about her studio albums in more detail. So let's not um, give any spoilers away there. And Will, I'd love to invite you to go first. So a track as a Katy Perry is a featured artist that's worthy of us talking about. I've gone for Starstruck, which is by 303 featuring Katy Perry. I think I should know how to make love to something innocent without leaving my fingerprints out. Now, L-O-E is just another word I never learned to pronounce. So that was Ooh. Starstruck. Yeah, it's quite full on, I know. Yeah. Uh, by 303, American why duo. Is, why do you say O like that? Because there's an exclamation mark in there. Oh, right. Oh. A bit, oh, like, a bit right. like, one you more from Duran Duran a few weeks ago. Oh, a lovely memory. Yeah. So uh, 303, Sean Foreman and Nathaniel Mott. Um, and this was featuring Katy Perry. And Mott. This... So a, a Geordie girl that I was good friends with at uni told me that Mott means a um, a lady's... Uh... No, don't say anything more. This was uh, a very, very average hit. <laughs> um, uh, apart from the UK where it got to number three. We do have questionable taste. Um, but yeah, quite a full-on electro dance track there. 
And Dan, I'm sure you've got something very different. Uh, well, I do actually. It is much more chilled. But I do just want to say that I forgot that song existed, but I really enjoyed listening to it just then. So thank you very much for that. So my further listening is a song called Feels, which is with Calvin Harris, featuring Pharrell Williams, Katy Perry and Big Sean. Let's have a listen to that first. You love to make an entrance. Do you like getting paid to getting paid attention? You mix the wrong guys with the right intentions. In the same so it feels, uh, Will, what do you feel about that song? It wasn't what I was expecting from a Calvin Harris track. It's mm. a little bit more laid back, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But what a lineup of featured artists, which really shows for Calvin his, the star pulling power he now has. It's Yeah, it's incredible. And we have said a few times, I think, when we've mentioned him, that we really do need to talk about Calvin Harrison more, particularly that really early stuff. But yeah, as you said, he went from the kind of uh, disco, would you say, of the early stuff, um, to the hard-hitting dance in the middle of stuff. This, of course, is a bit more laid back and funky. Uh, so we need, do need to talk about him some more. But for me, it has to be I Created Disco, the first album yeah. that we talk about. Brilliant. Definitely. But we're here to talk about Katy Perry this week, and what a lovely chorus she, she brings to that. Nice, uh, a nice alternative to Pharrell's kind of very smooth, uh, almost spoken verses. Um, and obviously we're not talking about the album artwork, but if you look at the single artwork on here, it's a lovely red parrot. And that's, and that's nice. That's lovely. lovely. Yeah. So we're out of time. Out of time on Teenage Dream, but what fun that's been on this lovely bonfire night. So we hope you enjoyed uh, listening and uh, partaking in a bit of Katy Perry today. We'd love to know what you think at Move to Trash UK. Hashtag Trap by Track. And if you did enjoy this episode, please do give us a rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts where you can find 60 plus other episodes of fine pop music albums with us chatting in between. Now, Dan, I know I gave the game away a little bit earlier, but can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? So next week, we have the debut solo album from the front woman of an American band. And I don't know what we've been waiting for. To say anything more... Would be to give it away. So until next time, I've been Max Martin. And I've been Bonnie McKee. Goodbye. Goodbye.